Welcome to Ryanair's Try Somewhere New podcast with me, Julia Bradbury. In this series, we're going off the beaten track to discover more about some of Ryanair's most beautiful destinations. In this first episode, I'm exploring the Alentejo region of Portugal, famous for its vineyards, endless cork trees upon rolling hills and its slow pace of life. You can get to Alentejo easily within a couple of hours from either Faro or Lisbon airports. With just over 50,000 people, Évora is one of the largest towns in the region and the medieval centre with its winding cobbled streets is a must visit. It's there where I decided to start my time in Alentejo. decided to meet my guide at the top of the cathedral tower. In retrospect, that might have been a foolish mistake. Quite a lot of steps. There we go, there's light. Oh, what a gorgeous view. All those lovely terracotta tiles. You must be Fernanda. Yes, I am. Hello. Hello, Julia. Welcome to Alentejo and welcome to Évora. Thank you. It's lovely to meet you and it's lovely to be here on the roof of mm-hmm. the cathedral and it's definitely the roof, <laughs> sloping sloping tiles and everything. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, it's the um, biggest medieval cathedral in Portugal, here in Évora. And from here we can see the typical landscape and the typical houses of Alentejo. And the houses are so pretty, white houses with the red terracotta roofs, mm-hmm. beautifully spaced out across the landscape. Mm-hmm, exactly. And uh, the landscape is more rolling hills than big mountains and dotted uh, trees instead of big forests because we have the cork trees mainly. And of course cork is very important to Portugal. Yes, we are the number one producer in the world of cork. I've been to Portugal many times before and I can, I can never leave without something made of cork. Mm-hmm. I particularly like cork slippers. Oh, oh yes. And uh, you can have a cork bikini if you want. Can it you? Also, yes. Oh my God, I didn't know about that. You need to take me to a shop where I can yeah. buy a cork bikini. Yes. As soon as we go down the cathedral, we'll go and see the cork bikini. Oh, that's it. I'm done. I didn't even need to see it. I just perhaps need to try it on for size. <laughs> and why would you tell people that they should visit? Why uh, should they come to this region? If you want to relax, to slow down your pace, mm. this is the perfect area to, to do it. And besides that, you have beautiful landscape, fantastic wines, great food and very nice people. Let's head down the stairs then, shall we? It'll be easier on the way down. Yes, than it will be much, much easier and let's discover Evra. My life is complete. I'm looking in a shop window and there is indeed a cork bikini. Well, the bottom half is a cork bikini bit. The top half is sort of more cork netting. Completely see-through. So quite a statement. In order to truly appreciate the diverse history of Evera, Fernanda took me to one of the town's main squares. Fernanda, what are we standing beneath? Uh, beneath the Roman temple. So, uh, I thought we were in Greece for a moment. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Roman. The Greeks really reached Portugal, but not Evra. So this is uh, Roman uh, heritage. And uh, we are in a square where we have a little bit of the heritage of Evra, Roman, here. The temple to the emperor. It was part of the forum. 
and uh, it's known locally and in Portugal as the Diana Temple, but it's not in honor of the goddess Diana. It's in honor of the emperor. So uh, it is a temple with 2,000 years uh, old. So it's just a quirk that it's called yes. the Diana Temple. Yes, it is. Then you, you have on the right side uh, the remains of the Moorish uh, heritage. That was the Moorish castle. Mm-hmm. And behind the, the temple we have the Christian heritage. So we have the big cathedral, the big medieval cathedral, which is uh, the biggest medieval cathedral in, in Portugal. So you've got it all. We're surrounded. Uh, exactly. We're surrounded by the history. So if you're coming to Evora, this really is an essential mm-hmm. spot yes. to visit. Yes, this is the spot where you have everything about Evora. Yeah. Next on our tour of the old town with Fernanda was the rather grim-sounding Chapel of Bones. Fernanda, I can see above the archway into the chapel some Portuguese writing. What does that mean? Nós ossos que aqui estamos pelos vossos esperamos. Which means? Basically, it means we bones that are here are waiting for yours. The bones are here waiting mm-hmm. for yours. For your bones. So this place is called the Chapel of Bones. Yes. Which sounds scary in itself. Creepy. Creepy. But there's a bit more to this place, is that what you're saying? These are not just the buried dead. No, these are the buried dead, but the question is that Évora is a walled city. A walled city. Since the Roman times and after in the medieval times also. So it was um, difficult to get land to build houses and the city was growing. So uh, it was needed the land where the graveyards were. Ah. Both the graveyards of the monasteries and convents and the normal graveyards. So they dug people up? Exactly. And these are their bones on the walls? Exactly. Oh. Because the other solution was just to dig a big, big wall and put all the bones there. So the monks that were here, the Franciscans, decided that uh, to honour those bones, the best way was to build a chapel. Oh, I could see a skeleton in the distance. Yep. A tiny one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's go. Let's go. Oh. So, there are beautiful arch ceilings which are painted and decorated above us. There are cherubs. Mm-hmm. But all around us, the walls are human bones. There are pillars where you can see femurs and mm-hmm. put pen. together. Yeah. Closely packed. In an harmonious way, in a way of uh, being nice. Why is this nice? (laughs) Well, for them it was. At the time, you have to think different times, Yes. different mentalities. It was part of that uh, period to look at the bones like that, but also a message was, be humble. At the end, no matter who you are, this is you. Whilst Evera has clearly been influenced by its rich history, I wanted to meet a local who's been taking the area's rural traditions into the 21st century. Hello. Hello. Hi. You Hi. must be Delphina. Yes. Hello, I'm Julia. Hello. Hello. Nice to see <laughs> nice you. Nice to meet you. Nice Hello. to meet you. So, <laughs> everything around me. This is Kapoch. Kapoch. 
Did yes. I say that correctly? Yes, yes, correct. It's a nice capote. word, capote. Capote. Capote is the name of the coat. Tell me the history of these clothes then, Delfina, and why have you decided to try and revive them, make them modern? You know, five years ago, uh, I was having lunch with uh, three friends of mine and um, another friend of us in, uh, coming to the restaurant with a capote of her grandfather. Yeah, her original, uh, the original. Yes, uh, uh, to the feet and like, like a man, uh, uh, heavy and dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we laugh and we, we say, oh, it's January, very cold day. And, uh, and we say, oh, what a good coat for today. And she said, it's a very good coat because it's strong coat and very, um, and warm. very warm. But it's like, I, I, I feel like a man with, with that long coat. And I thought, it's a beautiful idea, it's a good idea. If I made that coat shorter and lighter colors, it's perfect. So and just to make it more feminine. Yes, and so it's... You it's see, like, when ladies go for lunch... Everything. Everything good happens. <laughs> yes, it works exactly. out well in the end. <laughs> exactly. For all those people thinking that ladies at lunch are wasting yes, their time. Of course, of course. Look, look yeah. what happens. Yes, An entrepreneur true. was born. Yeah. Yes, it's true. It's yeah. true. Yes. <laughs> so it's a heavy felt cape yes. coat. So the freedom of arm for, for hunting? For hunting and for working in the in the fields in the Because they were shepherds. Yes. I'm looking in the mirror, but there's an archway to the left of the mirror, and looking through that archway, I can, I can see one, two ladies working at sewing machines. How many do you employ three. here? Three. three. Now three, three ladies. So business is good? Yes. And yes. you're employing people, which yes, is fantastic for the yes, area? Yes, fantastic, yes. I see that you have quite a famous customer, Delfina. I'm looking at a photograph in a cabinet, and um, it's a pope. Yes, Pope Francis. <laughs> Pope Francis have a, a coat, uh, our coat, and one of uh, our capotes. Uh, we're doing especially for him. It's a beige colour? Yes. With some ornate work yes. on the front? Yes, yes. Very beautiful. Did you give him a good discount? <laughs> yes, of course. So you've got politicians, popes, actresses. You've got it covered. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> well, I've made a purchase. I think that this capoche is absolutely beautiful and it's such a it's such a part of the Portuguese history and it's so unique that I couldn't resist, so I've ended up I've ended up buying myself a very, very lovely garment. If you really want to appreciate the area's rural heritage, one of the best ways is to try out the local cuisine. Fernanda took me to Cafe Elentejo, a traditional restaurant in the old town. Oh, that is a deliciously crisp white wine. I don't know if it's Portuguese, but yes, it's it is. good. Of course it is Portuguese. Oh, just checking. Oh, it has to be Portuguese and it has to be Elentejo. Okay. So it's got to be local. Of course. I will make a fuss if it's not. And obviously the cork has to be made of cork, cork. not plastic. Not plastic. No, we don't like plastic. And as soon as we sat down, 
We were brought the most delicious homemade bread, I would assume. Yes. Crushed olives, peppers, mushrooms. They are absolutely delicious, all these little morsels. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is traditional when you come into a restaurant? Yes. In this region, they would pop all this food down for you? Yes, in this region and all over Portugal. It's uh, cultural that when you sit in a restaurant, all that is put on the table immediately mm. when you sit down. So you don't, it's your choice to take it or not because ah. it's going to be paid. Ah, so it's put down and then you decide whether or not you want it. And if you don't, you if they haven't tempted you, they must take it away. Exactly. You just say, no, thank you. I don't want this. And it will be taken away and it can't be in your bill. So can't, the they end. can't charge you for it? No. You have to look and if it is, you say, remember, I said I didn't want it. Can I just say, I think it's a very dirty tactic of the Portuguese to do that because looking down at all of these deliciously tasty <laughs> morsels, you would need a will of iron yes. not to say yes. Exactly. You can almost make a meal out of this. Mm, it is a meal. Yeah. And you can share the main course. You don't have to ask one I'm per not person. I'm not sharing my main course with you. No, come on. Okay, we're friends now. Ah. Okay, well, how do you say cheers? Saúde. 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 You've got to go up like that. Saúde. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The next morning, we hopped in the car to visit the historic fortress town of Montserrat. In a region this big, hiring a car is probably the best way to get around. But with Alentejo's scenery, that's no bad thing. We're at the top of a castle, a fortress. What would you call it, Fernanda? A castle. In Portugal, in Portugal we call these castelos. The fortresses are always castelos. And this one is a, a castle which is on the borderline. So Spain is on our left side. If you look, those hills over there are already Spain. So we are really, really at the border. And what is, uh, what is this little village famous for? Monserrat. Uh, Monserrat, first of all, is famous for this castle. It's famous for the wines around it. And people really always came here for the views. Before, when the lake didn't exist, it was all land. Now with the lake, is even more beautiful. How long has the lake been the here? The lake has been here about 15 years. So standing up here, really, it's a 360-degree view of beauty, isn't yeah. it? Yes, it is. At the time, it would be 360-degree view about the enemy coming or not. <laughs> now it's about all about the view. Hello, I'm Julia. Bom dia, eu sou Duarte. Duarte is Edward. Exactly the same name. But in Portuguese, is Duarte. And such a beautiful place, Montserrat. This is the most beautiful place of the world. You're going to see it. <laughs> hey, I'm not joking. Yes. That is a bold claim. I, I imagine that you have been in a lot of places in the world. Mm -hmm. But like this, you never have been. Ah. I'm sure, sure. Let's go. Where are we right now, Eduardo? This room was, once upon a time... Where, where we are? We are in the whole school of the village where all of the childs, also my colleague, and uh, she has studied here. So this was her classroom? It was a classroom until 25 years ago. And now she works well, for you back in the classroom? And now it is a, a new classroom for the wines. I like the sound of that. Yeah. 
I think I could. I would have done much better if I had been at school and it was a and it was a classroom of wine. Let's get cracking with this lesson. Probably today we're going to make the classroom on the terrace. Okay. This is Sandra. Who? Sandra, exactly, my <laughs> colleague. Hello. So, Sandra, you went to school in this building. Yes, yes. And and you and now you're back. <laughs> yes, because I li- I like school and I like my city too and I like wine, so it's the perfect job, and I can drink too, and talk with the people. How funny that once upon a time you were down in that classroom doing maths, and now you're back in the classroom doing wine. Yes, it's the the right thing. Why not? Yeah, who can argue with that? It is the right thing. <laughs> We're going to make a different wine tasting in the reds. And we're going to taste two times exactly the same reds. Which is the difference? Well, same grapes, same maturation, same bottling date, exactly the same until the bottle. This bottle we put the wax and we put in cases of 325 bottles and we put that cases maturing here under the water in this lake. So one stored under the water and one stored in traditional cellar methods. Exactly. Okay, we're going to the we're going to the agua, the agua, agua. wine. I don't think exactly. I, I don't think I've ever tasted certainly not to my knowledge. I've never tasted wine that's been stored underwater before. Did we are the unique putting 30,000 bottles under the water. That's a that's a risk for you, Eduardo. Why did yes, you do that? Yes, we lose some bottles. We know that. In 2000, um, the vintage of 2015, we have is in, here in the lake, well, calm waters, always the same temperature and pressure. Under the water is always 15 degrees and pressure. Pressure you don't have in any cellar. And this, it makes a different effect so in the, the wine. the pressure that makes the, the difference to the, to the taste. does taste different. It's a punch. It's got more of a punch to it. And how did you come across this as an idea? What, what made you think that this was a good thing to do from I'm, a business point of I'm view? I'm half crazy. I know that I am. But, but half crazy, it's a good half crazy. And this is the good part of the life, is when you have a little bit of crazy things, of crazy ideas in your life. It's a crazy idea. It makes really different wines and the people like it. Well, congratulations to you. Thank you very much. We're surrounded by water. Well, I can see water certainly in front of us. Is this where you store the wine? Exactly. This is the Alkeva Lake. It's the biggest lake of Europe. It's an artificial lake. It's a dam, but it is really a lake, beautiful lake. Here we have a lot of space to put our bottles and maturing under the water. When at the back level, we write exactly the coordinates where we put the bottles. If you want, you may make some scuba and you discover our bottles. (laughs) And you may rubber two or three bottles if you want. It's not difficult. Have you been under the water? Never. (laughs) You haven't done that yet. It is a lot of water to drink. I prefer drink the wine. Of course, you slowly. Do. And the water is too much water. Please don't give me this so many water to drink. It's wow. a crazy idea. It makes really different wines, and the people like it. Well, congratulations to you. Thank you very much. 
While Alentejo may feel like a rural retreat, it's not too hard to find some five-star hotels and Michelin-star dining tucked away in the rolling hills. After a long day, we pulled into the Malhadina Nova estate. Oh, well, I've stepped out of a very comfortable bedroom. It was a big, squishy bed. And I'm on a terrace overlooking hundreds of cork trees. There's a vineyard to my left and a very nice swimming pool with a wooden deck right in front of me that I'd love to jump straight in. This is five-star rural Portugal. The birds are singing, breakfast is waiting. It's a good way to start the day. Apart from the fact that this was a vineyard, a five-star hotel, a restaurant with a Michelin-starred chef and a rural retreat with activities, what really excited me about this place was their vision of using organic farming practices to work with the region's biodiversity. Morning, Bruno. Hello, Julia. Hello, hello. hello. So where are we going now? Now, now it's, uh, you start to make a trip in the, in the States, just a, a, a small tour to see all the business areas of, uh, of home production. So you'll see the new part of the state as mm -hmm. well. Okay. So a little safari. A little safari, okay. I love yeah. your wheels yeah. as well. It's an old, it's a classic Range Rover. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's so wonderful to see all the biodiversity here and the birds and the butterflies yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was out for a morning walk and little caterpillar yeah. crossed the, oh, across yeah. the way. <laughs> the caterpillar. Yeah. I can see beehives. Can we yeah. listen? Can we get out? <laughs> There's no better sound. Now it's just the, these wild areas just to keep just for the, the, the production of the honey. So you're selling it to other shops or no, locals? No, no, just in the, in the wine shop. We have a wine shop there and we introduce as well in the hotel during the breakfast, for example, we have, we have available the, the honey. Yeah. I should have had that for breakfast. I didn't. I'm going to have to have some for I'll lunch. <laughs> so there are eucalyptus trees around? Yeah, eucalyptus trees around and rosemary. Oh, so. Smell yeah, is so good. And there are hundreds of these beautiful oaks all around us. Yeah. So what else do you use them for? Why are they, why are they all still here? It's fantastic that they yeah. are, but why haven't no. you chopped them down yet? No, because it's a certified receive uh, from, uh, from uh, the moment it's certified by the UNESCO, by, from the Biosphere Programme, and you need to keep the natural, uh, the natural way and the natural production of, of the end countries. Yeah. So they're protected? You need protected, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> and they must be protected forever because yeah. they are stunning. Look! Yeah. So the wild pigs love the acorns yes. that drop from the no, tree. It's the best food that so they're eating the acorns, yeah, yeah. and then you serve in the pork in the restaurant. Yeah. So we're eating the pigs. The pigs <laughs> living around the, the, the state and living around the end countries. Um, it's a way to to living in a wild way, yeah, <laughs> in a wild production, yeah. <laughs> And I noticed when we uh, drove past the vineyard, yeah, yeah. I noticed that there were, there were wild flowers in the middle yes. of, uh, of each vineyard. vineyard. Yeah. Why, why have you kept no, those? No, you need to keep the, these the wild uh, flowers and or the wild herbs just because, uh, because you work at the moment with a 100% biologic system and it's a way to keep like the acidity that you need to keep the, in the vineyards and all the production. Yeah. So completely natural? <laughs> yeah, natural, okay. Without chemics. <laughs> <laughs> no, no chemicals. No, okay. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. 
the natural way. <laughs> Before I left Alentejo, I wanted to somehow experience the soul of the region. As the sun went down, Fernanda took me to a little town called Piage, where I heard the sound of men's voices drawing near. A few minutes later, I was experiencing the unique music of one of Alentejo's cante choirs in the choir's practice room and bar. Antonio, tell me, what is cante? What is cante singing? So basically, cante is a tradition that comes from a long, long time. They consider it as an heritage, especially very important to maintain and to pass to future generations. It's their passion uh, to sing it. And what would you normally sing about? The basic theme is love, it's nature, traditional. And of course, they maintain that tradition. But this group in particular wants to do some evolution also. So they are opening to singing about and uh, speaking about also more modern things. Like? What modern things? Uh, life, like the, the challenge of life today, for instance. Mm -hmm. Instead of uh, just speaking about how was the rural life in the past, because today it's different. So to speak also about the challenges of today, let's say, in the singing. If there's one thing that Antonio wants me to remember uh, from this experience, what is it about my, my first experience of listening to Kante? Okay, so basically it's, since you will not understand the wording, is to understand the, the emotion, the emotion that is behind those words. And that's their goal, to transmit that emotion to people that can't understand the wording. And of course he wants you also to have a very good memory of them as singers and of the reception of the way that they receive people here in their house. What's his name, first of all, and how old is he? Rodrigo Aleixo, So his name is Rodrigo Aleixo, and he has nine years old. Hello, Rodrigo. And do you want to sing when you are as old as all these men here? Do you still want to be singing like this? Sim. Sim. <laughs> so you understood. What's your favourite song? What do you like to sing about most? Uh, the song is Paned do Abutre, which is the song that they just performed now. Why does he like it so much? Because it's the song that he is the main leader. Yeah, he's the star, he's the star of the show. Star of the show, exactly. You're a very beautiful singer. Tell him he's a very gorgeous singer. And they estão a dizer que tu cantas muito bem e para continuar assim. Tá? Parabéns.
Obrigada. For more information on my Alentejo trip, you can find my route and full details online via the Try Somewhere New section on Ryanair.com. Join me next time in the region of Mercia, where I discover some of Spain's tastiest tapas, the sounds of the crowds during one of the city's many festivals, as well as spectacular hiking trails in the Sierra Espuña. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review and subscribe. <laughs>